Good morning from Redeemer's Church. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We would like to welcome you as I begin this morning. Last week, I started a two-week mini-series called Things Jesus Never Said. And what we did was we took a look at the reality that often people can take a thought that they have about God, about Jesus, about faith in Jesus, about how to approach God that isn't necessarily based on scripture, that can absolutely be a lie, a lie from the enemy, and uh, that is unrooted in truth, something solely based on experience, something that is not founded in the word of God. And what they often do with it is they attribute it to Jesus as something Jesus himself said, although he never said it. And as we came to find out, Paul actually addressed this in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. What had happened was there was a group of false teachers that had came into the church in Galatia that Paul had found in. And what they were doing is they were taking the message of Jesus Christ that Paul had preached and they were adding things to it and they were subtracting things from it. And it was bringing confusion to the people in the church there. And so Paul wanted to address it. In verse 6 of chapter 1 in Galatians, he says this. He says, I am so shocked over how quickly you have strayed away from the anointed one. That is Jesus Christ himself, the one who called you to himself by his loving mercy. I'm frankly astounded. Listen to this. I'm frankly astounded that you now embrace a distorted gospel. He goes on to say in verse 7, it is a fake gospel that isn't even true. I, he says there's only one gospel, the gospel of the Messiah, that is Jesus Christ. Yet you have allowed those, these false teachers, to mingle law with grace and confuse you with lies. See, what was the problem? The problem here was that these false teachers were coming into the church and in Galatia and they were teaching things about God, about Jesus, about faith in God, about how to approach God that neither Paul taught nor Jesus ever himself said. Not only did this happen here, but we see uh, this implied with the disciples themselves in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. What we found here in this passage is that it wasn't a person who was attributing to Jesus something he never said. It was a circumstance or situation that the disciples were going through that was attributing to Jesus something he never himself said. And what we see here is that the circumstance was that the disciples disciples are in a boat with Jesus in the middle of a storm. And somehow that storm, somehow that situation was expressing and communicating to the disciples an idea about Jesus that Jesus himself never said. And that idea was that Jesus doesn't care what is going to happen to us out here. It's so ironic and so funny that they thought that they were going to die. Now listen to me, Jesus himself was in the boat. So if they die, guess who else dies? Jesus himself dies. Clearly, that is not what Jesus believed about them. That is not something that Jesus ever would have said. Jesus never said that he didn't care what was happening to them in that moment that they were in the middle of the storm. See, this is so important for us to talk about. 
for a moment. You see, we have to understand, listen to me, we have to understand that if we are not careful, we will give the enemy the liberty to use our circumstances and our situations to begin to distort and call into question things about God, who he has said he is and what he is about in the hope of changing what we believe about him so that we can be believe a deception about who he is and what he has said in his word. This is nothing new. This has always been his strategy. Matter of fact, we can go all the way back to cr the creation story in Genesis chapter three, and we can see the same strategy used with Adam and Eve when the serpent spoke to Adam and Eve and began to call into question what God said. And so last week in the first message of this series, I addressed the idea that before you ever get, uh, before you come to God, you have to get yourself right. You got to fix your relationship with God. You are wrong. It's on you to make it right. You have to fix yourself. It's all your responsibility. And what we found in scripture is that that is something Jesus clearly never said. Matter of fact, what we did find, and it is such good news, is that we cannot make ourselves right with God. We are made right through faith in Jesus Christ and what he has done alone. And so this week, I wanna tackle another idea that is, or a thought that is often attributed to God or to Jesus that Jesus never said, and it's this phrase, Jesus never said that God will never give you more than you can handle. I'm just gonna say that again, because I want it to sink in. I want you to process it for a moment. Jesus never said that God will never give us more than we can handle. So let's talk about that, but before we do, will you join me in prayer? Go ahead and just bow your heads, close your eyes as I pray to open up. Jesus, we welcome you into this moment. God, wherever we are, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are near to us. Father, your word says that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us, God. So in this moment, God, I pray we would sense your nearness and your closeness. God, no matter what is going on in our lives around us, God, I thank you that it can never prevent your presence from invading where we are. So God, as we dive into your word, as we look at scripture this morning, I pray that we would be encouraged, that we would be convicted, that we would be inspired, that we would be challenged. God, I thank you that heaven and earth will pass away, but Father, your word will never pass away. So God, I pray that your word would speak to us this morning, right where we are, in Jesus' name, amen. I got a question as we begin this morning. Have you ever been going through a rough time in your life? and you were talking to someone about it and they said something to try to help you or to try to bring some encouragement to you, but what they said just didn't get the job done. What they said did not 
accomplish what they were attending. I will never forget a story that a friend of mine shared, uh, and his name is Jason. And many of you who are watching this morning know who I'm talking about. But my friend Jason uh, was on his way to visit one of his friends at his job. And his friend happened to be an employee at a Christian bookstore. And so Jason is on his way to meet up with his friend. And just to kind of give you some background information, it's the middle of the winter. It is snowing. It's freezing. It's cold. There's inches of snow on the ground. And Jason is on his way. And he gets to about a mile away from this Christian bookstore to catch up with his friend or to meet up with his friend. And his car breaks down. And this was before the era of cell phones where you could get in contact. And so Jason finally decides, you know what? I'm just going to get out of my car. I'm going to walk the rest of the way to this Christian bookstore. And so he trudges through the snow. He gets to the Christian bookstore and he is cold. He's wet. He's freezing. His, his uh, pants are soaked up to his ankles with the snow that he had been walking through. And he uh, walks in. He begins to talk with an employee and he begins to share with this other Christian bookstore employee what just happened to him, what he just had to endure. And so as he's uh, just pouring out his heart, Jason is having this vulnerable moment. And, you know, he's just processing everything that is going on. He's asking so many of the questions that we would ask in that type of time, like, what am I going to do next? He doesn't know what's wrong with his car. How is he going to get home? What is he going to do? How much uh, is this thing going to get co to cost? How much is it going to cost to, to get fixed? And so he's sharing these things with this Christian employee at the Christian bookstore. And then finally, this employee speaks up and responds to him. Now, you would think in this moment that he is doing, uh, going to say something to encourage him or to help him. And I believe that's what he was intending, but, but he, he missed the mark. And so Jason is there and this employee speaks to him and he says, you know what you need to do, brother? And Jason's like, yeah, tell me, man, like, what do I need to do? And this, this Christian employee responds back with, you, you just need to take it to the cross. And then he just walks away. And Jason in this moment is just, he's standing there like, that wasn't really encouraging. That, that didn't really help me. See, this is what I'm talking about. I gotta be honest, like it, it makes me laugh at his misfortune in this moment. But listen, this is what I'm talking about. Have you ever been going through a rough time and you were trying to uh, or talking to someone and they said something to try to help you or bring you encouragement, but what they said to you just didn't get the job done? Listen, how many of you know that Jesus didn't need to take it to the cross? That employee needed to take him home. He needed to help Jason get his car towed. That's what he needed. That was going to be the help or the encouragement that Jason needed in the moment. You see, the phrase, God will never give you more than you can handle, is often said in the same type of context and scenario. It's not said when, when things are going really well in people's lives. Often it is said in moments of people's lives to, to attempt to bring them encouragement or to help them in times that are trying or testing or tough. Uh, it's in those moments that it's often said. And I have to be honest with you this morning. 
When I've been going through a difficult season in my life and people have said that same phrase to me, I often think to myself thoughts like this. Okay, if God never gives me more than I can handle, then why can't I seem to handle what I'm going through? I, another thought that comes to my mind is, is God just being mean by putting on me more than I can bear. If God will never give me more than I can handle, then why do I feel like I'm in over my head? Why do I feel like I can't take one more thing happening? I can't have one more thing added on top. I feel overwhelmed. I feel vexed. I feel like I'm in over my head. If God can never give me more than I can handle, then why do I feel this way? Is that just me or do you know what I'm talking about? I think the truth is, is that if God would have never given us more than we can handle, then we probably would have never been born. Because life often in and of itself is more than we can handle. Listen to me, life in and of itself is often more than we can bear, more than we can handle. An unknown pastor, his name is Nick Harris, um, said this about life, and you may not like it, but I really believe it is true. He says this, he says, chances are pretty good that you are about to go into a difficult season in your life, you're in the middle of a difficult season in your life, or you just are coming out of a difficult season in your life. Life in and of itself is difficult. It can often be more than we can handle. I think we actually see proof of this in scripture that works against this idea that God would never give us more than we can handle. And it goes all the way back to the creation story in Genesis chapter two. Context is God has created the world. He has created Adam. And then in verse 18 of Genesis, in chapter, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2, we read that God says it is not good for man, that is Adam, to be alone. And then he goes on to say this, I will make him a helper suitable for him. That's what it says. As we know, this helper was Eve, his female companion. Uh, and this is the first union ever recorded, the first marital union ever recorded between a man and woman in history. And God was the one that ordained it. But listen to me, it wasn't solely for relationship and for reproduction of humanity. Scripture said it wasn't good for him to be alone, Adam to be alone. He needed a helper. God knew that Adam needed a companion. Now listen to me, man, because I believe this is humbling. God knew that Adam wasn't going to have it in and of himself. He wasn't going to have the capacity to do everything that was going to be demanded of him by God and in life. And so he provided a helper for him. That is why Proverbs says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Why did Adam need a helper? I believe that Adam needed a helper because God knew that what he was going to task Adam with, as well as the challenges that would come with just being alive, would require a helper to help handle all of the things that would come in life and that God would give him. Life in and of itself 
is often difficult. It can be more than we can handle. So is this belief that this idea that God will never give us more than we can handle, is it true or not? Matter of fact, where does it even come from? Well, in my studying, I really believe that uh, this idea that God will never give us more than we can handle comes from a very familiar passage found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Listen to what Paul writes. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. Now listen to this next part. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You see, that sounds a lot to me like God will never give you more than he can handle or we can handle. And it goes on to say, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is the scripture where I believe we get this idea that God will never give us more than we can handle from. But this scripture doesn't say that God will never give us more than we can handle, does it? See, what it says is that God promises us that he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. And that when we are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that we can endure it. But here's the problem. The problem is that often, I believe, people have taken the idea that God will never give you more temptation that then you can bear and they have stretched the parameters of this passage of scripture to be applied as a truth beyond the area of temptation into every facet of our lives and that simply is not true listen to me it is true that god will never let us be tempted beyond what we can bear but that doesn't mean that he will never give us more than we can handle and that life will never give us more than we can handle in the areas of our lives outside of the realm of temptation matter of fact so much of scripture is story after story after story of people experiencing in their lives more than they could handle on their own now it's important for me to uh preface uh this at this moment i really want to be clear i'm not saying that everything in your life that is more than you can handle, everything in your life that is overwhelming you, I'm not saying that those things all come from God. I'm not saying that. Not everything in our lives that we cannot handle comes from God. God, however, God is not to blame for everything in my life that overwhelms me and that I can't handle. Much of what I can't handle, God, God did not give it to me. It's because I gave it to myself. Now, that's a hard pill to swallow because, honestly, it kind of puts some of the responsibility about being overwhelmed back on us. We cannot blame God for, the mo for all of the moments in our lives where we're overwhelmed and there's more on us than we can handle. Sometimes God is not the author of it. Sometimes we do that to ourselves. My wife and I have ongoing conversations a lot about what we can personally handle. And what I mean is that we, have, we all have a proverbial plate. That plate is full of the things that God has called us to do. It's full of responsibilities. It's full of personal ambitions or aspirations or projects or hopes or dreams or goals and desires. And the truth is, is that we only have so much 
space on that plate for all of that stuff. And so my wife will, and I will often have conversations about uh, whether or not we can truly do all of the things that are on our plate. And a lot of times, to be honest, we both have a tendency to put on our plates more than we can really handle on our own. And we can't blame God for that. That's not on him. That is on us. You see, as we address the idea of where what we can't handle in life comes from, we have to humble ourselves and we have to own the areas of our life where we have given ourselves too much that we can't handle. God is not to blame for it all. Some of it has more to do with us than it has to do with him. One of the questions that I want to ask you this morning is, do you find yourself complaining to God about things you can't handle that honestly he never gave you, you gave yourself? We have to realize that in our free will, uh, often we can come to places in our lives where we can't handle another thing and it's not God's fault. It's because he allows us to have the free will to make our own choices and sometimes that ends up with us giving ourselves more than we can handle. So I'm not saying that everything that we can't handle comes from God. Do, do not hear that out of my mouth. What I am saying is that there are times, and we're going to see that in scripture, there are times where God will in fact give us more than we can handle. Let me give you an example. First scripture, exa uh, scriptural example is the life of Gideon in the book of Judges. An angel appears to him and gives him a message directly from God. And that message is that he wants Gideon to defeat the Midianites. And Gideon essentially responds by saying, it's more than he can handle. And he says this to the angel in uh, Judges chapter 6, verse 15. When the angel says that God is calling him to defeat the Midianites, this is how, how Gideon responds. It's actually kind of humorous. In verse uh, 15 of chapter 6, he starts out with this. He says, pardon me, my Lord. In other words, he's saying, um, excuse me, I think you have the wrong guy. I, this is more than I can handle. He says, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. How many of you see that, that Gideon is in a moment where God has given him more than he feels like he can handle? Another example is Moses. Chapter, uh, chapter three and four of the book of Exodus. Here we see that God speaks to him in a burning bush and calls him to de deliver Israel out of Egypt. Once again, we see another biblical figure where God gives him more than he can handle. We see this in Moses' response in Exodus chapter four, verses 10 and 11. Moses says this, once again, similar to Gideon, pardon your servant or excuse me, Excuse your servant, O Lord. He says, I have never been eloquent. I am uh, neither in the past nor, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. See, what's the problem? Moses immediately feels inadequate. He feels like he can't handle what God is calling, to, calling him to do. And, uh, and, and he feels unable to, to do what God is calling him. And he doesn't think he can handle it, handle it. Now, 
going on. I love how God checks Moses in this next verse, in verse 11. Because listen to me, God cares less about your ability to do something and more about your willingness to just go. Look at what verse 11 says. The Lord responds to him after he says, God, I can't do this. I'm inadequate. I don't think I can handle this responsibility and this task. The Lord says to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now Moses just Go, listen to me, God cares less about your ability and more about your willingness to just go when he calls you, even when you feel like you can't handle it. God gave Moses more than he could handle. Lastly, even we see Jesus, the son of God, having a moment in his life where he feels overwhelmed. We know that God calls his son Jesus to die on the cross, but even Jesus experienced moments in his humanity where it appears that he couldn't even handle what God called him to do. We see this in the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 33 and 34. Listen to what is described here. It says in verse 33, he took Peter, James, and John, that was Jesus, along with him, and he began to be deeply what? distressed and troubled. And listen to how Jesus describes himself in verse 34. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Jesus was so overwhelmed in this moment that the gospel actually describes that he was sweating drops of blood. Even Jesus had moments in his life where God gave him more than he felt like he could handle. Listen to me this morning. God never said that he would never give us more than we can handle. What these scriptural examples do tell us is that there are moments in our lives where God will deliberately give us more than we can handle. Jesus never said that God will never give us more than we can handle. And we have to understand something in this moment. If God clearly gave these biblical figures more than they can handle, then why do we believe that God would never do the same with us? It wasn't just limited to these men and these women in scripture. We are included in that. If they were given more than they can handle, we cannot expect that God would not do the same with us. There's three things that we learn about God when he gives us more than we can handle or life gives us more than we can handle. The first is this. We learn in the moments where God has given us more than we can handle or life has given us more than handle. We learn how much we need him and how much we need to depend upon him. Can I get an amen? You know, in light of current events, can I tell you something? A pastor friend told me this and I love it. He said that there are Walmarts across the nation that can't keep Bibles on the shelves. Why is that? Why can't, why can't Walmarts keep Bibles on the shelves? Listen, because there are people that are going through something right now that is more than they can handle. 
And they are seeking something bigger than themselves to depend upon. When God gives us more than we can handle or life gives us more than we can handle, we learn how much we really need God and how much we need to depend upon him. Paul describes this and describes a time in his life where he learned this himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says this, it says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so much so that we despaired of life itself. How many of you know that Paul, it sounds like Paul is describing a time in his life where he's going through something that is more than he can handle. He goes on to say in verse nine, listen to this. He says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But listen to what the conclusion that he comes to. He says, but this happened that we might not, might not rely or depend upon ourselves, but to depend upon God who raises the dead. Listen to me. There is nothing in my life that is more powerful to drive me to dependence upon Jesus then when I'm going through something that is more than I can handle or when God gives me more than I can handle. I love what Pastor Rick Warren said about this very thing. He said, you never know that God is all you need until God is all that you have. In the moments of our lives where we are at the end of our rope, where we have more than we can handle, it is in those times when God is all we have that we truly realize that God is really all we need to get through it. When God gives us more than we can handle or life gives us more than we can handle, we learn how much we really need God and have to depend on him. I'm telling you, when I look at my history with God, I'm telling you that some of the most precious times in my life uh, with God have been in moments where I have had to depend on him to get through the valley. Listen to me, God is not just the God of the mountaintop experience. He is the God in the valley. Did not David say that? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. He was saying that God is the God of the valley. And I'm telling you that it is in these moments where God has given us more than we can handle or life has given us more than we can handle that we can realize that when we depend on him, he is the God in the valley. You never know that God is all you need until you're going through something where God is all that you have. The second thing we learn about God when he, when, uh, he gives us more than we can handle or when life gives us more than we can handle is we experience his power in our weakness. Let me remind you of what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Uh, what we see here is that Paul has a nagging issue, and this issue he describes as a thorn in his side. And there's a lot of scholarly debate about what exactly that thorn in his side was. But let me tell you, here we see that it is overwhelming enough for Paul that Paul describes that he has pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away from him. Let me just explain 
for a moment uh, what that means when it says that Paul has pleaded with the Lord three times for him to take it away from him. Those three times were not just like momentary prayers. They weren't just three individual momentary prayers. But when you actually look into the Greek and the background of what Paul is saying, these when he says that he has pleaded with the Lord three times, they have been three seasons of Paul's life where he has fasted and interceded to see victory in this area of his life. This is what Paul is saying in this moment. And I want you to listen to what Jesus says to him in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. Uh, Paul says this, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me in verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power, God's power, is made perfect in our weaknesses. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, he goes on to say in verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then he is strong. Lastly, God uh, gives us more than we can handle so that we can discover that we can do all things through him who gives us strength. Let me just stop and say this at this point. If you want to be used by God to build his kingdom, to build his church, to advance the kingdom on the earth, then I am telling you that you can expect for him to give you more than you can handle on your own. Listen to me this morning. The mission of God is more than we can handle. But when we are given more than we can handle, we will discover that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens him or us. I want to just tell you a, a story about this scripture that I will never forget. And it's about my father. And it's so inspirational to me, but it's simple, but it's powerful because it's this scripture applied. My dad, uh, his, his father passed away when he was really young. I, I believe it was around eight or nine years old. And so, so as my, my father grew up, there was so much that he felt like he was left without. There's so many things that he, he felt a void in his life because his father wasn't there uh, to teach him or to show him and demonstrate to him. And, and one of those things uh, was, was parenting. One of those things was fatherhood. One of those things was how to be a husband. One of those things was just how to do things, how to provide, how to work. And, and I remember that my dad said this, and I'll never forget it. I remember that when my dad gave his life to Jesus, he came across this scripture. And I'll never forget that he said, that there was a moment when he read this scripture that he had a revelation of it. That even though his natural dad wasn't around, he had a heavenly father to carry him through, to walk him through, and to teach him the things that his natural father was never able to do because he wasn't there. And I'll never forget that my dad said that supernaturally, supernaturally, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of God, he learned how to be a husband. He learned how to be a father. He learned how to work with his hands and provide. And it was all because of this scripture that in moments where these things, these tasks were more than he can handle, he learned 
that with God, he could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that has been an encouragement to me. It has stuck with me. Philippians chapter four, verses 10 and 13. It says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. What was Paul's secret to being content? It's the same that we can thing that we can discover when we are given more than we can handle. We can discover that we can do all this, all these things through Christ who gives us strength. Jesus never said that God would never give us more than we can handle. What we have discovered is that in this life, not only does, does life give us more than we can handle, but God himself will give us more than we can handle as well. And you know what? Let me just tell you one of the reasons why God will give us more than we can handle. See, God will give us more than we can handle because he knows that with him, there is nothing that he can handle. See, the things that you feel like you can't handle, when you partner with God, you're able to handle those things because there is nothing. Jesus said there's nothing impossible with God. There is nothing that God cannot handle. And we are, when we are partnered and joined to him, truly there's nothing that we go through that we cannot handle together. As we close, I wanna pray for those of you who feel overwhelmed this morning. For those of you who feel like you're in a place uh, in your life where you have more on your plate than you can handle, to be honest, I want you to take a moment this morning and I want you to ask yourself, is some of this stuff that is overwhelming me, is it me? Is it my responsibility? Are, those, are there things on my plate that I, have, oh, I am overwhelming myself that I can't blame God for? Those are things I put upon myself. Maybe this morning, some of your overwhelming or your feeling being overwhelmed is because you, there are things that you put on your plate right now in the season of your life that you need to take off, you need to put to the side so that you have room in your life, not only for margin and rest, but also for what God wants you to do. Because I'm telling you, a lot of times what happens we feel most overwhelmed because we're trying to do what God has called us to do as well as the things we want to do. And sometimes there has to be a point where we put the things that we want to do to the side so that we can make room for what God wants us to do. And so I want to encourage you to this morning, I want you to encourage you to turn to Jesus, to lean in to Jesus so place your dependency upon God, not on your own strength, not on your own capacity to do things by yourself, but place your dependency upon God. And I believe what scripture says that when we do that, you will experience, you and I will experience God's supernatural power in and through our weaknesses and that we will be able to do all things through Christ who gives us strength. I wanna close with one last scripture. This is one of my most favorite passages of scripture. And I believe that 
If you are feeling overwhelmed today, if you feel like you are almost drowning, like you are at the end of your rope, I believe in Jesus and in his power to get you through. And so right now, I just want to pray 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 uh, over you. If you're there and this is you, I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I just want you to lift your hands up because I believe that God can supernaturally, that, that he can impart this, the truths of this scripture to you where you are right now. Jesus, I pray for everyone who is watching this sermon this morning that feels like they have been given more than they can handle, whether that be things they've given themselves, whether that they that be things that life has given them, or whether that be things that God, you have given them, and they feel overwhelmed and, and that they're at a point that they cannot handle everything. God, I pray 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 over them, that even though they are pressed on every side, I pray that they would not be crushed. Even though they may be perplexed, God, I pray that they would not have despair. Even though they would be persecuted, God, I pray that they would not be abandoned, God. Even though they would be struck down, God, I pray that they would not be destroyed. God, in these moments of our lives where we can feel back and overwhelmed and God that we're in a moment that we are uh, beyond what we can handle God I pray that we would sense your presence saddle up next to us and impart a grace in our weaknesses God I thank you that you do not abandon us in the valleys God that when we are weak you are truly strong and that your grace is sufficient for us in the moments where we're in over our heads God and that it is uh, made perfect in our weakness God God, I thank you that you are not a cruel God that gives us more than we can handle and then leaves it to us to deal with. But God, that you partner with us, that you walk through it with us, God, that when we are weak, you are strong. And God, in our moments when there's that we feel like there's not another thing that we can take, God, when we partner with you, God, we will tap into your strength. Father, for it is in you that we can do all things, all things, through Jesus Christ, who gives us strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us with for part two of Things Jesus Never Said. I pray once again as I have continued to pray because I believe it's such a powerful prayer, prayer to pray over you. Uh, God, I pray that you would bless us and keep us that your face would shine upon us and that you would, your face would give be gracious toward us and God, that you would lift up our countenance and that you would give us peace. Join us next week for a message from Pastor Dwight. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. God bless you. <laughs>